Imagine waking up and feeling ready to face the day with a smile, having more energy for your work, family and social life, fitting into your jeans and feeling good about your body, knowing what to eat and enjoying your food without guilt or confusion, dealing with the stress of daily life in a way that doesn't fry your chips and best of all, feeling relaxed, optimistic and in control of your health. It's all possible. I will show you how. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life with Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS, tell it like it is wellness show brought to you by qualified naturopath and functional medicine practitioner, Jules Galloway. That's me. Today's guest is a naturopath who works in a niche that is so, so needed. It's a niche that unfortunately is growing in Australia and the Western world even though we wish it wasn't. <laughs> that niche is thyroid disorders. My guest is a naturopath based in Western Australia, but she works online as well. She's got over 24 years of clinical experience. Oh my God. After many years of seeing loads of thyroid conditions in her clinic, she went into research uh, to get further education in order to create better outcomes in her most complex thyroid patients. She has gone on to write a thyroid recovery program that she shares online and with her patients. She also offers a six-week online practitioner thyroid training program, which she runs twice a year to educate naturopaths and other practitioners in thyroid health. Yes! But most of all, she's on a mission to bring awareness and education to the public and practitioner community alike about the importance of thyroid health on a deeper level. Yep. Today, we will be talking about all things hyperthyroid, hypothyroid, Graves, Hashimoto's, and other related stuff. We'll also be going through the testing, why your GP may have not picked up your dodgy thyroid in the first place, and why you might still feel like crap even though you're on medication. Yep, we've got a lot of terrain to cover. No pressure, mate. And I found just <laughs> the woman to guide us through it. Please welcome to the show the very lovely Tara Nelson. Hi, Jules. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. We had a couple of false starts in yeah. the, the last couple of months. One in, was it a thunderstorm or some work? It was oh. a big thunderstorm on your end, I think, yeah. <laughs> here now, so that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. All good things are worth the wait. So yeah. tell me, why are you so interested in all things thyroid? Well, I think, you know, um, been in clinic for a fairly long time and probably around about sort of, you know, seven years ago, five, seven years ago, I just started noticing more and more presentations of thyroid in my clinic. And um, the more I sort of like looked at these people, mostly women, I mean, I, not all, I've had quite a few men as well, but definitely mostly women. And I found that even though they might have been taking medication, they still had a lot of thyroid symptoms or they were coming in and they were saying, you know, um, I've got all the thyroid symptoms, but I kept, keep getting told over and over, it's not your thyroid, your thyroid's fine. Um, and then I was looking at different pathology results and on paper they actually looked okay, but they still had all the symptoms. There were other people that had, or other women that had, you know, really high antibodies or really high TSH and yet they didn't have hardly any symptoms at all. So I was getting this a range of um, thyroid conditions in clinic. And, you know, I was having, you know, sometimes eight thyroid cases in clinic in one day. It was just all of a sudden this explosion. So I was, and I found that um, the more and more I looked at these people, they weren't getting the help they need. I found my, my naturopathic um, protocols weren't really helping them. 
So I really went back into research and study, um, realised that they weren't getting the right testing or support, there was limitations in the medical model of treating thyroid conditions. And also along the way, I found out that I actually had a thyroid condition myself, which actually went back. So my youngest daughter is 15 now, so probably round about, I really think that my thyroid condition started when after my third pregnancy, after she was born. So I have gone all these years without my thyroid being diagnosed and I'm seeing that a lot in women as well because of the poor testing um, and the way that the medical model um, treats and looks at thyroid conditions is that so many people are going undiagnosed. So I've just made it my mission to help as many people as I can to bring awareness, to get the right testing, to get the right diagnosis and support because it really is a very debilitating, once set in, there is a really debilitating condition. It's complex to diagnose and treat. So it really needs a really good, you know, investigative hat um, to find out what's going on. I love so much how you had a bunch of thyroid patients who just kept turning up in your clinic. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like the universe was like, um, Tara, you need to get yours tested. Tara, oh, Tara. Okay. <laughs> And, and you know what, and I find there's all these weird symptoms. You know, my symptom was a weird symptom. It was this, this, this constant reflux that kept coming, but it wasn't like normal reflux. And, you know, I went to my GP and said, oh, look, you know, I'd like an endoscopy to see what's going on. You know, I'd like a tube down my throat to find out because, you know, I'm treating my reflux, but it's not like normal reflux. And, oh, by the way, while we're there and I'm having all these blood tests, I'm, I'm sending a lot of my, my clients for testing. Let's test my thyroid. And then she comes back to me with it. She actually texts me and said, Tara, you have a subclinical hypothyroid going on. And I've just gone, oh, so I had a tear state to around about eight. Um, I nearly fell off my chair. I, I did actually feel like a bit of a fraud. I went, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm treating all these people with thyroid. I didn't even pick up on my own. And then we had antibodies tested and Hashimoto's. So that was like a double whammy. Wow. Wow. But it, it just yeah, goes to but, show. It, it just goes to show yeah. that you didn't even pick up on your own. Like that's how no. hard it is to pick up on these things. Yes. And I think unless you're really aware of, you know, the red flags. Um, I mean, I'm constantly, I know that woman sitting in front of me as soon as they open their mouth that they've got thyroid now. Um, and, then we, <laughs> and then we do a lot of testing and then, you know, confirm it. But um, yeah, I, th I really think that so many, especially women and not only women, actually, Jules, I'm seeing more and more children and teens. And it's like, oh my God. Of people that I, or even menopausal women, there's, there's, um, you know, the categories I see them is, is um, like postpartum, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, puberty, menopause. So it's women and their hormonal fluctuations are very prone to thyroid conditions, um, and you know, teens as well. Teen boys, I'm seeing a lot of teen boys, and we, we it's these subsets where, say, for teenagers, oh, they're tired, they're a little bit anxious. Well, isn't that normal? They're teenagers. Um, you know, menopause of women, they're putting on weight, they're tired, you're going through menopause, that's normal. Yeah, or this is your life now. <laughs> this is your life now. Pregnant, pregnancy, postpartum, you've just had a baby, you're not getting enough sleep, it's normal. Um, and then, of course, we'll get to this, but, you know, everyone, the medical system is just testing this little TSH, which tells us pretty much nothing about the thyroid. And so many of these conditions are going um, misdiagnosed. Oh, all right. Well, before we get on to testing, let's do a bit of thyroid 101. And okay. 
can we just go through the different types, like the, the most basic types of thyroid disorders and what yeah. they mean? So hyper, hypo, graves, hashies, et cetera. Yes. Okay. So, um, and it's confusing. And this is what I found confu confusing when I was seeing all these different presentations. And there's a, there's a lot. We've, there's a probably around four that we'll talk about today, but there's so much more when you actually get into it, when you're looking and diagnosing thyroid. But basically we have hypothyroidism. And that is when the um, thyroid slows down. So you'll actually see, you know, a high reading of TSH, but the thyroid gland is actually slowing down because it can't produce enough hormones. The autoimmune condition of that is Hashimoto's, and that is where the thyroid is slowing down, the body slowing down. But we've got the, that um, immune system attacking the thyroid tissue. In hyperthyroidism and Graves' disease, um, the metabolism and the body speeds up, the thyroid is overproducing the hormones. And then we're getting on, on paper or pathology really low readings. So it's really confusing. It's like, you know, hyper slow down, but we're seeing high levels of hormones. Hyper speed up, we're seeing low levels of hormones. So it's, it's quite a confusing. It's not sort of black and white. Yeah, yeah. And what about things like thyroid nodules, those yeah. goiter, those sorts of things? Yeah, so we can have, you know, uh, thyroid nodules and goiter in both conditions. So we can see that in hyper and hypothyroidism. So I'm always getting, when we talk about testing, one of the main things, I, if, if once um, the diagnosis is confirmed, I'm always getting them to go and have an ultrasound to see if there are any nodules or swellings in the gland as well. Yeah. Yeah, so we can have that. We can have subclinical hypothyroidism, which is just the start um, of hypothyroidism. We can have cellular hypothyroidism where on paper everything looks good, but you've got rampant um, thyroid symptoms. And that's when the, uh, the T3, the active hormone, can't get into the cell because something's blocking it. And that usually is stress or high cortisol or something like that. Wow. Yeah, I think I've got a few of them. Hmm. <laughs> it's like Quite everything common. looks fine, but you're still walking like yeah. a duck. You are quacking like a duck. I'm yeah. so sure this is a thyroid case. Why yes. does the paperwork look okay? Yeah, and I think we need to acknowledge that too. So in that sort of case, you want to look at what's going on. Is there stress? Is there high cortisol? Um, you know, nutritional deficiencies. Um, and just sometimes treating the adrenals if there's stress going on. That, that's all you really need to do in those sort of cases at the start of, of it, as you know. Yeah, most, most of my clients are stressed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah. Then, you, then you've got the people who swing from hyper to hypo. So they'll be like, no, I'm not hypothyroid. I was hyper last time the doctor checked. Absolutely. Yeah, so I normally see that in when there's an original diagnosis of Graves or hyper. And usually um, hypothyroidism or graves can start as an acute episode, so from a virus or postpartum. So after you've had your baby and that big influx of hormones comes in, it can just trigger, it's like a big shock to the thyroid, so it sort of goes out of balance for a while and overproduces hormones um, or in toxic sort of situations, toxicity. And then usually um, that will, it'll be original sort of hypothyroid diagnosis and then it might, while it's trying to balance itself out, it will flip over to hypo and then it will flip back, back and forth. So yeah, those sort of people really do need treatment to, for the thyroid to stabilise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. There is a so many different conditions. It's just, it's so not black and white. It's so not black and white. Yeah, yeah, I so agree with you. Okay. What about symptoms? Mm -hmm. What's the difference in symptoms between someone who's got hyper and someone who's got hypo? Yeah, so I sort of try to explain it to my, my patients. Like 
in hypothyroidism, the, the body is slowing down. So the um, thyroid is not able to produce its hormones and it's got very low thyroid hormones. So something's blocking that thyroid production. So the thyroid will actually slow down because it just, just can't make its hormones. So if you think when the body slows down, we're getting sluggishness, we're getting fatigue, we're getting tired, um, we can have constipation because the digestion slows down. We're having dry skin because the skin cell turnover slows down. Metabolism, so we might put on weight because, again, the metabolism slowed down. The, the thyroid's natural function under stress is to actually slow down because it needs to restore. It's trying to sort of kind of, um, you know, save food for a rainy day sort of thing or, yeah, it's just trying to really bring homeostasis back to the body. So weight gain... Um, dry, brittle hair, cold intolerance because of that. You know, the, the thyroid really controls our temperature. So everything will just really slow. Constipation, um, yeah, dry, brittle hair, you can have hair loss, weight gain, fatigue, um, puffiness. So everything's really sort of stagnant compared to hyperthyroidism where the thyroid will overproduce its hormones. So it speeds everything up. So you're getting a lot of, so the metabolism speed up, speeds up. So you can get diarrhea the digestion speeds up you can have um, a racing heartbeat um, you can have weight loss you can have sweating and, and, and anxiety and heart palpitations everything that goes with that you know very fast-paced metabolism yeah and then also that with it's that real sort of I don't know my hyper people who come in you can usually tell they're kind of sitting on the edge of their seat yes. and yeah, they've lost a lot of weight and they yeah. just have that edginess about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like they don't want to sit still. No, agitated, anxious. Um, yeah, and it's just that the metabolism's really sped up there. Yeah. Yeah. But then the awesome thing about thyroids is that sometimes they're not predictable at all. And I've seen hyper cases where people are putting on weight and hypo cases where people are losing weight. So, there's yep. always some people who just don't look like the textbook and I have to explain that to my clients. I'm sure you mm -hmm. do too, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I think thyroid is definitely not textbook. You know, it's not a classic textbook case. And that is why I had to really go back and do a lot of research and further study because I was seeing all these different conditions and when I was looking at my, pro my naturopathic protocols and I was looking at the, you know, the textbooks, it just, a lot of the people I was treating just didn't look like what I was looking at in these in these cases. So... Um, there's a lot of differences. And, you know, also the thing I um, didn't mention there is in hyper, when we get that speed up, you can still have that really, uh, it's actually worse on the body hyper because it's that extreme metabolism speeding up. It's very um, dangerous for the heart muscle as well when you're getting heart palpitations. Oh, yeah, the palpitations. Yes. yes. But also it's a lot of stress on the body and that you do get a lot of fatigue. So there's a lot of similar, similar symptoms as well, but there's, a, there's some, you know, striking differences. Yeah. and like you mentioned earlier, both can have anxiety too, which is both an can have anxiety. Yeah, and I've even seen my Hashimoto's hypo clients, you know, they'll say to me that they can feel that little flutter, not so much as the real heart beating palpitation in, in hypothyroidism and graves, but in hypo, they can sometimes when they sit quietly at the end of the day, they'll get that heart little flutter. That's a really common one as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they may have even gone to the doctor and gone off to have some tests on their heart and been told mm. it's fine. It's fine. It's yes. fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, keep that all the time. 
All right. So speaking of fine, just fine, let's talk about testing uh, because I know this is a massive bugbear of yours and it's a massive one of mine as well. First, the usual first line of testing in Australia is... TSH. <laughs> thyroid stimulating hormone. So let's, you know, so let's have a look at a little bit of, you know, really basic physiology to start with. So what happens in thyroid hormone production is that when the body needs more thyroid hormone, and let me just tell you that every cell and tissue in the body requires thyroid hormone. So it's massive. And that is why the, the symptoms are so widespread because every cell and tissue requires thyroid hormone to function well, okay? And when the body needs some more thyroid hormone, whether it's we're balancing our temperature or metabolism or digestion or whatever it is, the brain, the pituitary gland in the brain sends a little message in the form of TSH, thyroid. So the pituitary sends down the thyroid stimulating hormone, which is TSH, to the thyroid. And it just sends that little message to say, come on, produce more hormone. So when they're testing your TSH, it's not even a thyroid hormone. It is a brain messenger to tell the thyroid to, to produce more hormones. So a lot of the medical system is relying on a brain hormone rather than a thyroid hormone. It can tell us a lot of useful information, though, because if it's high, it's like the, the pituitary is whipping the thyroid going, come on, why aren't you, this person needs, she's slow, she's sluggish, she's depressed, we need more hormone. So it whips the thyroid to make more, but sometimes it just can't make more. So that's when we see those really high TSHs. It's like the thyroid is so fatigued, it doesn't have what it needs or there's things blocking it, producing its hormones. So the, th so the pituitary keeps whipping it with its TSH. So that's what's sort of happening with a lot of our patients is that they're only getting that TSH tested. And a lot of the time, that TSH can actually be in fairly good range. Um, and even for naturopathic range, which is kind yep. of different to say a medical range, yep. but a person can still have thyroid symptoms. And here's the other one is that you can still have thyroid autoimmune disease, such as Hashimoto's or Graves, and still have a very perfectly normal TSH. Yep. So and a lot of people are going misdiagnosed because that's all they're testing. So why is TSH the leading test in Australia and most countries of the world? I think it's, it's a very so outdated reliable. model. It's just an outdated model. Oh, it's so frustrating because mm. like, once, once you realise, you sit there, I remember my head exploded the first time I realised when I went, it's not even a thyroid hormone. Mm. We still don't know what the thyroid's doing. It's yeah. a pituitary hormone. It's not even there. It's not even, ah. I know, it drives me crazy. Everyone comes in and goes, oh, so have you had your thyroid test? Oh, yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah, it's fine. And then I look at it and there's that TSH. And I go, oh, yeah, well, you know, it looks okay. Or actually it's, it's, it's up round three or four. That doesn't look okay. Uh, we need to get um, some more testing done. So I look, Jules, I don't know why. I really, I think it's a very outdated model that I'm really hoping, um, and I, I would love to bring more world, that's my aim actually, to, for, to endocrinologists and the medical um, model that please can we get the full thyroid panel tested because, you know, relying on a TSH, so many people just don't get diagnosed properly. Yeah, and to be devil's advocate, devil's avocado, as I <laughs> often say, <laughs> Yeah, TSH does pick up a lot of 
dodgy thyroids. Like a lot of TSH tests will yes. pick up a lot of problems. Yes. But it's it, part of the whole picture. It's, yeah. a, it's one little piece of the thyroid puzzle, a one little piece. Yes, it's there. We need it. I always order it as well as everything else. It definitely tells you a piece of the puzzle because there are sort of reasons why TSH can be low or can be high. So we want to put, it's a whole puzzle and we need every little bit of that puzzle to um, have a complete diagnosis and, and know what's going on in that person's individual thyroid picture. Yeah, absolutely. It's like picking up a puzzle piece and going, this yeah. is a piece of a train. There's nothing else in this puzzle apart from a train. It's like, oh, what about the background? No, just train. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So right. Yes. All right. Um, yeah. So the next step after getting your TSH tested and you're fine, where do you take people next? Talk to me about this full thyroid panel. What's in it? Yes. So once I see a full thyroid panel, I mean, sorry, just a TSH, I will say, right, we need to get you back to your GP. Or I've got some wonderful GPs that I work with that will test the full panel or um, I do some other testing on them. But so we need a TSH. That'll tell us how much that brain is whipping the thyroid. So that's, you know, we do want the TSH. Then, um, so once that uh, pituitary hormone, the TSH, tells the thyroid to produce more hormone, if the thyroid's got everything it needs, and we can talk about that a little bit later, what the thyroid needs to actually produce its hormones, it produces something called T4. And T4 is actually very similar to what, what a lot of our patients might be on is thyroxine. It's very, very similar to thyroxine, okay? So the thyroid hormone, uh, sorry, the thyroid gland produces its T4 and then that has to be converted in the body to T3. And T3 is our active thyroid hormone. That's the one that gives us some metabolism, that gives us good digestion, that um, all, it's, it's basically the one that gets into the cells. So we need good conversion of T4 to T3 so it can get into the cells. And there's many reasons sometimes we talk about too why T3 doesn't actually get into the cells. So there's lots of little steps that can hinder having good thyroid function, right? Yep. Um, another part of the panel is reverse T3. So this is, a, this is an expensive test. It's around $90 and um, Medicare won't cover this test. But that will tell us if all our T4 that our thyroid is producing is just being converted to reverse T3. And if that's happening, that will really, it's like a metabolic break. So things like stress, high cortisol, heavy metals, low selenium, low zinc, um, those sort of things can block that T4 going to T3 and it goes off to reverse T3, which basically stops everything. Yep. So we want to check reverse T3 as well. And low iodine too? Yes, I'd, yes iodine is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and then, so we've got TSH, T4, T3, reverse T3, which you'll have to pay for. Uh, and then we want our thyroid antibodies. So we want our TPO, our thyroid peroxidase, and our thyroglobulin TG antibodies. Um, and as I said before, you can have a very beautiful TSH. I would consider a beautiful TSH to be anywhere from 1, 1.5, 1.7. Um, you can have a beautiful TSH, you can actually have really nice T4 and T3, and yet you can still have thyroid antibodies. Now, once you know you have thyroid antibodies, that confirms the diagnosis of Hashimoto's or Graves because that's telling us you have your, your immune system is making antibodies against your thyroid tissue. And when that happens, it attacks the thyroid tissue and it um, inhibits the thyroid's ability to produce its hormones. So that is the pretty much the full thyroid panel, TSH, T4, T3, reverse T3 and our thyroid antibodies. 
Yeah. There is another one. If if Graves is suspected or in hyperthyroidism, I often get TRAB, T-R-A-B antibodies tested, and that will confirm the diagnosis of either hyperthyroidism or actually it'll confirm the diagnosis of Graves' disease. Yeah. And that's only applicable for Graves' disease. Yeah. All right. So there's a couple of things with the testing that I want to flesh out a little bit. The first yeah. one is the the next thing that I've seen a lot in clinic is mm. they'll come to me. Oh no, I haven't just had my TSH done. I have had my TSH and T4, yeah. and and the T4 is fine. And I'm like, right. So how do you do you do do you just test the T3 yourself, or do you send people back to the GP to ask again? Because it it seems that uh, the T3 isn't very common. No, I know. Did you, did you hear my big sigh then? I know it's like they rely on the TSH and they don't test the T3, which is the active hormone. If you've got low T3, you're not going to get that nice T3 out into your cells. And we're talking mainly hypo, sorry, because that's the most common one. And we want, that's whether we get the weight gain and the slow metabolism and the brain fog. You know, that T3, unless that's a really nice range, that shells us that that's, that's what you've got available to get into the cell and give you all that, you know, beautiful thyroid functioning, like a nice metabolism and, you know, it's, it's and they, they don't test it. I see that all the time too, Jules. Maybe we get a TSH and a T4 if we're lucky, but where's the T3? Where mm. is the T3? So as I said, oh, look, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have um, great GPs that I work with. Mm. And um, so if someone comes to me with, you know, really poor uh, thyroid function tests, I do send them back because there's a lot of other testing I want as well. You know, I, I want to look at all their nutrients because, you know, it's really, uh, really high optimal nutrients, thyroid cofactor nutrients um, that help the thyroid work well. I want to see all those as well. So I go and send them back and get a, a really lots and lots of tests to, to um, yeah, find out more pieces of their thyroid puzzle. Yeah. Um, or I do, or if, if um, they want to stay with their GP, we might try and get them to... Um, get them from their GP, but usually that ends in um, no luck. So we can test through Nutripath as well for the full thyroid panel. Yeah, I do a lot of them. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, let's just cut to the chase. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So the other thing I see a lot of, and is, and this really bugs me, is that uh, people will know that the TSH is out, the T4 is out, the T3 is out. They might have had what they think is everything done no thyroid antibodies have ever been tested. Someone could have hypothyroidism for 10 years, yes. have been on thyroxin for 10 years, yes. didn't realise it was Hashimoto's, just has been told they're hypothyroid and here's your medication. Yeah. Why does this happen? <sighs> Here's my another side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the time. And, you know, this is another biggie here is that thyroxine or thyroid medication, no matter what it is, will not treat the antibodies will not lower the antibodies. So if you have antibodies, your immune system is, a, is producing thyroid antibodies against your thyroid, uh, unless you work out why that's happening and um, bring those antibodies down, you're going to continue to have those symptoms. And this is, I think, the defining thing that I started to see more and more in my clinic when I decided to specialise in thyroid conditions is because so many women, I say, oh, you're, you've gone thyroxine. Um, how, when did you get diagnosed? Oh, gosh, 20 years ago. Okay, so um, what, what have you got? Hashimoto's or, oh, what's that? Okay, well, that's when, you know, th thyroid antibodies, the immune system produces antibodies against thyroid. Oh, I wouldn't know. Okay, 
um, oh, well, actually, you know what? A lot of those symptoms I think that you're experiencing are thyroid symptoms. Oh, no, 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 I'm taking this medication, so I'm, I'm fine. I don't, I, no, and then I have to explain to them that we really need to test your antibodies because you sound very inflamed, sound like you've got a lot of inflammation going on around your thyroid, you've, you've got all these symptoms. And guess what? If you've got autoimmune thyroid, that medication's not going to do anything for that. And that's the key to getting your thyroid better. Yeah, that's the thing because you can have hypothyroidism. They give you the T4. So now your T4 levels are looking good on a test result. But so many people come back and go, I don't feel any better. I wanted this to be the answer. I thought this would be the answer. Now my test results reflect that it was the answer. My T4 levels are fine. Why do I still, why do my joints hurt? Why do I still feel tired? Why, you know, why am I still anxious? And it turns out that the antibodies are still exactly yeah. the same that they've always been. Well, there could be two things happening here, I think, is that, and that I touched on it before, is that you can have as much thyroxine as you want, but if you can't convert that to the active form, so that's a lot of, I see a lot of women in the, or a lot of case, thyroid cases in that instance, is that they can have as much thyroxine as they want but they can't convert it they have trouble converting it to the active form that gets actually gets into the cell so that's where we need that t3 record reading so we can actually see okay your t3 is low well actually your t4 is all going off to reverse t3 so you have no metabolically active t3 to get into your cell so what's going on there and it's usually stress and high cortisol um, nutritional deficiencies um, heavy metals and toxicity like you said before, low iodine, we sort of plump that into the um, nutritional deficiencies. So we really need to find out why, you know, what's going on there. And that's why we really need to test reverse T3 and T3. And then, yes, exactly like you said, the other thing is, is they've walked around for years and years, and I believe that was me, with Hashimoto's. Uh, so, and also they've got antibodies against or attacking the thyroid tissue. And the more those years and years, and then I send them for an ultrasound and we can see actually tissue damage from the immune system attacking their thyroid. And when that tissue becomes damaged, it struggles to produce hormones in that tissue in their little follicular cells within the gland. So there's a couple of things that could could be possibly going on. And that's why I think thyroid conditions require really thorough investigation, looking at getting the right testing, really investigating those tests um, because everyone's different. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so much good stuff. Yeah, that, and that's the other thing that, that after chatting about this and, and then the client will get their antibodies done, find out they do have Hashimoto's, the next, the next stop for them is going through that feeling of anger, like why hasn't anyone looked for this before? And yeah. look, I, I often explain to them, I say, look, like your GP wants the very best for you. They're trying to help you. But honestly, even if they found out you had Hashimoto's, they're their treatment is still the same. It's still thyroxine. And yes. so if you've, got, if you've got just garden variety, non-Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, you get thyroxine. If you've got Hashimoto's, you get thyroxine. So yes. if it doesn't change what they do, oh, exactly. why test? Because I know myself, if it doesn't change what I'm going to do with a person, I don't run up what I would seem, say was an unnecessary test. And so they yes. see it as being not necessary. And, and right. Medicare are really off doctors at the moment for doing what's called unnecessary tests. So I yep. can understand why, why it never gets looked for because it's not going to change anything for that, exactly that right. protocol. Yes. 
No, you're exactly right. And um, they just that it's, it is almost like a one uh, one size fits all pill, pretty much. Um, and yeah, it's just not treating people individually. And that's why I think we're seeing more and more thorough conditions. Well, there's lots of reasons, but the medication is just is not going to. Yeah, if you don't fix those underlying drivers of why you got the thyroid condition in the first place, you're not going to get better. The medication is just going to give you a little bit of T4, take the pressure off your gland for a while, and it actually can make you feel pretty good. Not everyone, though. I have people that come back and they're worse on thyroxine. But for those, they may feel better for maybe, you know, six months or even 12 months, but then they're not treating the underlying causes. And one of those underlying causes is the autoimmune the, the, the immune system producing antibodies against the thyroid and if you don't look at that and treat that then you're not going to ever heal your thyroid but as no. naturopaths when we see yeah. those autoimmune antibodies firing up on a test mm-hmm. we do things differently don't we like tell we me about as a naturopath what do you launch straight into when you see those antibodies well let's talk about leaky gut oh <laughs> yeah my <laughs> favorite thing <laughs> has to be number one Every person with an autoimmune condition has leaky gut. Whether they've got overt symptoms or not, they have leaky gut, where the the walls of that gut just become so inflamed and big proteins escape in to the into the through the gut walls and the into our bloodstream and the immune system goes, Oh, look at those big proteins. Let's and it's already producing, you know, it's already dysfunctional. The immune system in autoimmune conditions is already, you know, producing antibodies against our own body tissue so it's it's not in a great place that immune system and then you know big proteins fall through these walls into the bloodstream and then the immune system amounts another attack it produces more antibodies against the thyroid and inflammation so it just stirs things up so we really have to treat the leaky gut it's the big we always start at the gut um and it's it's huge in any sort of or not not only autoimmune thyroid but all my thyroid patients we start on the gut yep 100%. Yeah, so that might be, you know, also including their testing. I'm looking for, um, I might do a a really good sort of microbiome test and find out what's going on, where we need to, you know, what sort of probiotics have they got in there? Have they got any bacteria or parasite or gut infections that we need to clear out first? So we really need to find out those things if there's anything that, and one of that's actually a known trigger um, for thyroid conditions is, you know, parasites and gut infections and things like that. So we want to find out those because that'll be, the, you know, our core treatment to start with is to eliminate any sort of, um, you know, bad bacteria or parasites or infections in the gut, clear them out and then really build up the gut health to seal and heal those gut walls so they're not letting big proteins through. And then, of course, looking at diet, we look at diet as well oh, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, and looking at food intolerances are my sort of three big things I do with diet. Um, I've recently studied um, the autoimmune paleo diet. So if I do have someone with uh, really high antibodies or more than one autoimmune condition, uh, we talk about maybe putting them on the AIP diet and lifestyle. Um, but, yeah, I don't do that for everyone, but it's, it definitely can bring about really amazing results. Yeah. Are there any other foods that uh, besides the gluten and the dairy that, that- – uh, a little bit of a concern. Like what about soy? Talk to me about yeah. soy. Yeah, I think definitely in a thyroid condition, we need to um, look at soy um, as being a goitrogen. And soy um, is quite inflammatory to the body, but it also has 
um, components in, in soy, that there are components in soy that can actually block the uptake of iodine. So iodine is a really big one and it's a tricky one in, um, in all thyroid conditions because um, iodine excess, so too much iodine and even too little iodine can cause a thyroid condition. And we've got to be really caref careful with iodine. So I always test iodine um, through the urine, do a urinary, urinary iodine test, um, and look look at how much person that uh, sorry how much iodine that person has. But definitely in thyroid, um, we need as much iodine naturally to get into that thyroid gland as it can from the diet. And when we're having things like soy, that can actually it's called a goitrogen, and it can block the uptake of iodine. So we do eliminate soy. What about your raw spinach, raw kale controversy? Talk to me about those sorts of things. Yeah, so other goitrogens can be from the brassica family. So our kale, spinach, um, our broccoli, cauliflower. Now, these things, you know, while these vegetables, you know, they're all high in, you know, phytosterols and antioxidants, so they're, they're a really um, important part of the diet. And my sort of rule around those are if you are cooking them, so lightly steaming them, they actually, that actually reduces the, the goitrogenic activity of those foods. And I think they're fine in a diet, in everyone's diet, the only, in a thyroid person's diet. The only sort of rule I have is to not have raw kale or spinach smoothies all like every day. So it's when it's raw and you're having, you know, in a big smoothie and you're having lots of it, blurt, that may be a problem. That may block some iodine. But generally for those dietary goitrogens, um, the vegetables, you have to be having a lot of them, like a, like a lot. So if you're lightly steaming them, they're fine to include in your diet. So definitely no kale smoothie with soy milk. That's, yeah, every day. <laughs> and you'll, be, you'll be surprised how many people actually do that. Oh, my God, yeah, I know. Hey, look, you know, in the 90s, I was having a soy latte every day as my coffee, yes. thinking that I was making a healthy choice. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was in back then. Soy was in. It's okay and to look, make mistakes. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't mind a bit of soy, you know, every now and again, especially for menopausal women. It can be a helpful sort of estrogenic compound, but definitely not for thyroid. It's just, it's very processed, most soy. I don't mind a little bit of miso um, and or tempeh even. Oh, tempeh, yep. Tempeh is yeah. good. Yeah. So, and everything in moderation, right, Jules? You know, if you're going to have, a, you know, a huge amount of anything, it's probably going to be a problem. But if you're having small amounts of, of most things in moderation, that's kind of my motto, really. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there's a fair few people out there, some of my clients included, who'll be like, oh, thank God I don't have to drink green smoothies. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yes. I didn't have them. The green smoothie revolution. <laughs> I remember going to a seminar with this lady who was through my yoga and um, I used to yoga and she came all the way from America and she was the green smoothie guru and she was curing diabetes with this green smoothies. You just drank green smoothies all day, every day. And um, yeah, it was, it was quite bizarre. Oh, <laughs> that was quite a few years ago. I wasn't curing any Hashimoto's with it, that's for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you that's, that's been eating me up inside. Uh, just wondering, yeah. I've heard... There is such a thing as giving synthetic T3. So just like thyroxine, yeah. synthetic T4, there is a synthetic T3 out there. Yeah. Yep. Why aren't people giving that to patients, in, you know, in, until they get healthy enough to convert their own? Yeah, look, and some people find that can be really, really helpful. Um, 
Uh, again, I have no idea why they don't. I think sometimes if you go, you know, I, I find, look, I'll tell you where I find it really amazing is, is people who've had a thyroidectomy. So unfortunately they've had thyroid cancer or inflammatory nodules and for whatever reason they've taken the thyroid out. I, um, in that case, those people have to rely on thyroxine for the rest of their life because they don't have a thyroid to produce any hormones. So they stay on T4 or the thyroxine. But as I've said before, a lot of people have problems converting that T4 to T3. So in that case, I find it's, it's a game changer for these people. And I always do recommend in, in case of thyroid removal that really go, let's go back to your GP and see if we can trial some T3. Um, look, T3, I think it's like anything, Jules, with the thyroid, is that you've got to look at the underlying causes, any treatment of the thyroid, whether you're taking T4, T3, if you don't treat the underlying causes of why you've got that thyroid condition in the first place, you know, yes, there can be genes, there can be a family history, it's very common, but you need triggers to set that off. Genes aren't all, just because you've got a gene does not mean that you're going to get that condition. It's diet, lifestyle, you know, stress, toxicity, um, all these different things that trigger those genes to express. So unless you go back and treat those triggers and be an auto, the, the autoimmune dysfunction, that's such a big trigger as well. You know, it doesn't matter what medication you take, it's still going to, um, you know, still be an issue for you. So, yeah, you know, T3 for some people can be life-changing. But, you know, I, I give, I, I find T3 are my clients who just can't follow a gluten-free diet, who can't change occupations because, you know, I've got one lady who she's, she's, she's you know, find, struggles to take supplements. Uh, she's a baker. Her business is a bakery. She oh, all her God day. help her. <laughs> I know. And, you know, we, you know, we struggled to get her antibodies down. And, but there's so many lifestyle changes that she just found hard and then it's, you know, there's this, you know, it's exposures. When you've got that daily exposure, mm. um, you know, should we put her on T3? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. But, you know, I think let's, there's so many things you can do to support your thyroid with diet, lifestyle, um, and treat the underlying causes. Yeah, and I was very, very excited to see this week, and I, I think you may have yeah. been too, because I think it was your group on Facebook yeah. that I saw it in that it. there's now a documented case of, yeah. do you want to continue? You know where I'm going with this. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's very, very exciting, and it's, it's bizarre because I think last week I had like three cases, three different cases of, um, you know, hypothyroidism, grave disease, so it was really exciting to see this. So. Um, Kelly Brogan, who is a US-based um, medical doctor, and do you know you know Kelly Brogan, don't you? Oh she's, yeah, yep. yeah. She's yep. amazing. So she was a psychiatrist who used to dish out lots of antidepressants. She um, actually got Hashimoto's herself and was finding that the medical system was failing her with this disease. So she went into functional medicine. She researched. She cured herself of Hashimoto's. And um, realised how much, you know, the thyroid contributes to depression and things like that. And now she is this amazing practitioner who gets all her patients off. She still treats depression, but she gets all her patients off um, antidepressants, doesn't use any antidepressants in her practice. And so she sees a lot of thyroid conditions and she um, published a paper on PubMed, a very, you know, peer-reviewed study about how lifestyle... 
um, medicine, diet and lifestyle, she actually reduced all her, um, one of her Graves' disease clients, all their antibodies and got them into remission from just, from just using life, no, no medication, lifestyle and diet. Yeah. It's a fantastic. And naturopaths everywhere rejoiced. Yes, <laughs> because, you know, can we have our health rebates back now, please? Here's some yeah. evidence. Yeah, no. here's some evidence right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. Now we just need to, like, repeat that on a larger scale and publish that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hope. It's hope for a lot of people out there that, you know, struggle. And I think... Um, you know, you know, I had a client this week who, a guy, you know, I think he's around about sort of 55, he was healthy and he, um, he had a virus, a really bad virus, which put him into an acute Graves' disease and basically they've told him that um, he's on a lot of medication, which we're trying to, he, his heart has gone into atrial fibrillation so they, um, and, it's, and it's, um, it needs to be put back into, ryth into rhythm. And this is all from the Graves' disease. Wow. Um, his endocrinologist has basically said, you're going to be on medication for life or we, you, can take this, um, you can take this iodine, uh, radioactive iodine pill and it will destroy your thyroid and then you'll be fine. <laughs> Define but, fine, Tara. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not going to be fine. And as I've said to him, and they didn't want to do that, they've said, you know, I said, well, once your thyroid is dead, then you have to rely on another medication for life. Mm. And you still haven't treated the underlying causes. And then you're going to be in a world of pain. As I see a lot of people with no thyroid, thyroid after thyroidectomy. Oh, my goodness. It's, yeah, it's yeah. tragic. So yeah. I, have actually, I actually sent him that study this week to his wife and, he, and they, they loved it. They thought that was fantastic. It's just given them so much hope um, that this can be treated, that these diseases, these dysfunctions in the body can be treated with diet and lifestyle. It is everything. I mean, you know, you know I know a lot, of, I read a lot of your work, Jules, and you're all about, the adrenals, I've seen so many women that I've just supported their adrenals with thyroid conditions and that's all we've had to do, you know, make sure they've got enough iron and zinc and selenium and iodine, uh, all those beautiful thyroid cofactors, but just get them to stop and rest and give them some adaptogenic herbs and, you know, work on their lifestyle and that's all they needed and their thyroid's gone back into function well again. Yeah, so amazing, it's, amazing. Yeah, it's simple, but it's, you know, it, it can be true. Not everyone's like that. You know, we can have some really deep set, um, you know, thyroid conditions that take a bit more work, but, you know, diet and lifestyle is just, it's everything. Oh, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Tara, where can people find you, both patients and practitioners? Because I know both both sides of the fence uh, you offer things to both. Uh, yeah. So there's a practitioner training, is that correct? And then yes. you still see people in your clinic in WA and via Skype, yeah? Yes, yeah. So I do, yeah, I see people in my clinic. I do, yep, online um, online appointments. And then I do run, I've, I've got a Facebook page for practitioners, Thyroid Mentoring for Prax. Um, I have a six-week online training course for practitioners that I run twice a year and the next one starting on the 21st of October. Um, and for, yeah, for clients, I've got a Facebook page, Naturopathic Care and Naturopathic Care Southwest is my, um, website as well. So they can check me out on there. Amazing. Amazing. And yeah, that, that, what you do with practitioners, Tara, is amazing. And so collaborative and you're so supportive of you know other practitioners coming and working on thyroids in that space as well so i i absolutely applaud anyone in our industry and everyone in our industry who 
uh, is happy to not see other practitioners as competition and who mm. wants to collaborate for the good of the industry. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, you're welcome. I love it. I love seeing thyroid. It's my jam. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I had a lady sitting in here with Hashimoto's yesterday and um, I could just relate to her so much, you know. It's just I think having it myself, I can just relate to, you know, when, when they, these women open their mouths and, you know, there is that atypical thyroid woman. We're all the same. We're busy. We're caregivers. We have multiple children. We're, you know, our self-care can be a little bit lacking some might say some of them are a little type a and by them i mean us yes. <laughs> <laughs> so i can really relate which um, helps but yeah so it's yeah i find it an honor like, to help these people uh, well thank you so much thank you for sharing your valuable time with us today and enlightening us on all things thyroid you're very welcome I hope you enjoyed this episode of Straight Talking Natural Health. If you liked what you heard, hit subscribe. That way you'll never miss an instalment. If you're a fan, please take a moment to leave me a review on iTunes. It helps other listeners to find this podcast too. Also, check out my website at julesgalloway.com. You'll find all the podcast episodes there along with loads of blog posts and resources to help you on the path back to finding your happy, energized self again. There's also a free quiz to help you assess your risk of burnout and adrenal dysfunction. So if you've been burning the candle at both ends, or maybe you've been super busy or stressed recently, take the quiz now to see where your body is at. That's at julesgalloway.com. And let's connect. Follow my adventures on Facebook and Instagram at Jules Galloway Health. Till next time, remember, look after your awesome self because it gives others permission to do the same. Bye for now. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.